No problem at all. It's another good up and down from Brian Harmon. And really after that early wobble, it has been exemplary stuff. So the 151st Open is almost over, ladies and gents. Some would say that it actually is, such as the lead that Brian Harmon currently has. But Open Sunday is upon us, and as we know, lots can happen. So hello and welcome to the final Open Commute in association with Callaway, brought to you by Bunkered. Michael McEwen here, as always, in the media centre at Royal Liverpool Golf Club. And I'm joined again by Alex Perry. I, I, that, that sounded like an awful laboured again, like, oh, him again. But hello, Alex, how are you? It's been a long week in each <laughs> other's company, to be fair. It certainly has, especially sharing a bed. That's, that part's untrue. And we are joined for the first part of this by a man who's exceptionally busy, has been running around doing the Lord's work on behalf of Sky Sports and all of its viewers, Mr. Jamie Weir, good friend of the podcast. Hello, Jamie. Thank you for your time. No, it's at all. It's an absolute pleasure. We'll come to the, the, the way it stands at the moment, Jamie, in a, in a second. But how has your week been? Because I've, I've not seen you. I feel very disconcerted that I'm a, a major championship and I haven't seen you anywhere except the TV. You know what? When my, my, my phone buzzed about 10 minutes ago and it said Michael McEwen, that was the first time I clocked that you were actually here. Because I've seen Terry plenty of times. He gets everywhere. He can't miss that silver fox, that quiff from about 100 <laughs> yards away. But... um. But I didn't know you were here, so I'm going to have to make it to the media centre tomorrow and give you a big hug. Sounds like somebody's muted me on Twitter, I would suggest. You would know I was here with all the tweets I've been firing out. That's awkward, but it's fine. It's fine, Jamie. So let's cut straight to the action. And Jamie, I'm coming to you first. Brian Harmon leads the way. He's ended the day as he started it with a five-shot lead. A round of 69, he's 12 under par, and he leads by five from compatriot Cameron Young. Simple question, Jamie. Is this thing over? Um, it's very hard to say that it isn't. Um, he had a little wobble early on today, and then the way that he rides the ship, reeled off four birdies, the up and down that he made at the 18th. You know, we're not talking about a complete rank outsider here. It's a guy who is in the top 30 in the world, and I think he's solid enough to get the job done tomorrow. Um, twice. In Open Championship history, players have lost a five-shot lead heading into the final round. I know I'm talking to a predominantly Scottish audience. On both <laughs> occasions, a Scot was the man who benefited. Um, I don't think a Scot's going to benefit tomorrow if he chose away a five-shot lead. But um, obviously, 1999, John, Debell, John Van de Bell at Carnoustie was a five-shot lead. And, you know, he didn't quite get that over the line. Famously so. And the other one, as you all know, I'm going to take the word straight out of your mouth, was McDonald Smith in 1925 at Preswick. Yes, Jim I was Barnes. there. It was it was very good, yeah. yeah, Jim Barnes, an American Scott, was the one who, who triumphed there. But anyway, look, I digress. Um, I, I, can't, I can't really see Brian Harmon throwing this one away, um, purely because he just looks in complete control. He's been so impressive so far. I think it's going to take something like another John Ram 63 or something <laughs> to make it to make him sweat a bit. And, and you're asking a lot to, to back up a 63 with another 63. So, um, look... We'll see what happens tomorrow, but but, but my feeling is that um, is that this one's done. And, and I have to say, look, I've covered the last six Open Championships. This is the flattest I can remember the atmosphere feeling mm. on a Saturday evening. You know, so many of the crowds today were rooting for Tommy. Those that weren't rooting for Tommy were pulling for Rory to do something special. Uh, and it just feels as if a balloon has been popped. And uh, it's very quiet right here. I don't know what it's like with you guys up in the media centre, but down in the, in the TV compound, it just feels a bit like, ah, 
Well, actually, there was a when Harmon dropped that uh, first bogey at the first hole. There was a huge cry of "Now we've started." <laughs> yeah. that, was, that was the most excited we got in the media centre today. But um, I think I'm I'm just slightly reading behind the lines there, Jamie, where you're going back into history there. But are you suggesting that just like the players put pressure on the RNA to change the bunkers between rounds one and two, are we suggesting perhaps we we build a burn overnight in front of the 18th <laughs> hole? Yeah, that's that's not a bad shot. Or you know, what's something that that um, really penalises lefties more than it does right-handed players. Maybe there's something we can do there. Joining Liv, I think, is probably the, the biggest threat to Brian Harmon at this moment in time, as far as penalising lefties goes. Alex, are you surprised that Brian Harmon finished with the, the score that he did, considering the way he started? And let's not forget that he teed off as John Ram was finishing up that incredible 63 over on 18. I mean, it was 60 metres away. He would have heard the cheer. He would have heard the roars. Any nerves that had been building up over the 18 hours or so that he had to think about leading the Open between ending round two and starting round three must have been kicked up a notch. But then he steadied it. I mean, are you surprised that he was able to recover as well as he did? I don't think I'm surprised this guy is one of the straightest hitters on the tour. He's, I, I, I feel like I said this yesterday on the podcast. He's one of the most boring players, and I, and I mean that in the nicest possible way. It sort of feels like, you know when you're playing with someone who's really good at golf and you just say to them, it must be really dull just going fairway green, two putt par, fairway. And that, it feels like that's how Brian Harmon plays golf. I was talking to someone who knows Tyrrell Hutton quite well recently, and they were saying that he just plays golf the way that you play golf on the PlayStation. You just, <laughs> you just, you, you, you put your cursor on the fairway, you find it. You put your cursor on the green, you find it. I mean, like I said a minute ago, we were all absolutely, and this sounds horrible to say, we were all buzzing in the media center when it looked like Harmon might slip him back. And that, again, it's nothing against Harmon. It's just, we want something exciting to be able to talk about or, or to write about. It's our job, it's our, you know, we, we like a good headline. And Brian Harmon wins the Open by, say, for the sake of argument, three or four, which is probably what it will be, because he's just going to come out here tomorrow and do exactly the same, isn't he? Like, it's what he does. Jamie said it before. He's a top 30 player in the world. I think he's 26. I'll just have to double check that. But yeah, th this, isn't, uh, th this isn't a Ben Curtis situation, certainly. No. This, is, you know, this is a very good player who's playing very good golf at the moment. And he's, uh, you know, he, he will be, as, as, as much as we don't necessarily want him to be, and there's nothing really romantic about it, he will be thoroughly deserving champion golfer. Yeah, that's right, Jamie, isn't it? Because... He shot a 69 today. Had he shot a 68, he would have tied the 54-hole scoring record for the Open Championship. This is no fluke, is it? No, it's not. And, you know, as, we, as Alex was mentioning there, he's the number 26 player in the world. Uh, you don't need to check it, Alex. You were right on that one. Um, as we're not talking about someone like John Devan, John Van Der who's a complete rank outsider. This is somebody who has won big tournaments. Okay, he's never been in this position in a major championship before. But I think the only thing they can stop him now is if he goes out and is too cautious, too conservative tomorrow. Um, I'm not sure that he would admit it, but, well, I, he would admit it, that Rory would admit that he was too conservative this time last year at St Andrews. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if he would admit that he went out with a number in mind, but I think he maybe thought, if I shoot two under par here, or sorry, if I shoot four under par here, then no one else can catch me. Now, if Brian Harmon goes out tomorrow and thinks, if I shoot a couple under par, then no one can catch me, 
then that could, maybe is when the stakes start creeping in. But it's still going to require a 63, 64 from one of those chasing packs from a superstar like John Ram, Victor Hovland, um, Cam Young, to, to overhaul him. And when you are such a fairway and green and regulation merchant as Brian Harmon is, I just can't see it happening. I'm going to incorporate 12 waggles into my pre-shot routine now and see oh where I end up. Oh my goodness, the waggles. They're the hard waggles to watch, are aren't they? Painful. Oh, it, 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 it's, it's awful. I think on the 12th he was today, I counted 19 seconds as he was addressing the ball and hitting the ball. That's not fun. And but yet he's still <laughs> able to... You know, he's not making mistakes after that. That's that's the sort of thing that you sometimes think that's a sign of nerves, but it's clearly not. It's part of his routine. He's able to do all that and, and still hit it in broadly the right places. By the way, this guy's favourite hobby is killing animals. <laughs> how <laughs> you've got how, how is he quick enough? If that's how he plays golf, how is he quick enough to pull the trigger? <laughs> like, how are these animals not getting away? <laughs> these must are the stupid. They deserve to die. Stupid animals. <laughs> Yeah. I tell you, Jamie, it's funny. You were saying earlier on, what's the biggest threat to Brian Harmon? I now know, never mind just stop oil, it's if Peter turn up tomorrow and protest him on the first tee. That could maybe derail his chances. Yeah, that's it. Before I let you go, Jamie, I, I want to ask you, I'm kind of doing this in reverse order, but I, I want to ask you about Rory McIlroy because you know Rory particularly well. So there's good and bad today, isn't there? He's come out and he shot a 69. So that is obviously an under par round and it looks... On any scorecard, it looks all right, but he hasn't really made a big of enough dent to fat as a real threat tomorrow. He's, he's nine shots back. He should really have been three under after three, I reckon, because the he birdied one, he birdied three. The best birdie look that he had was at two and he missed it. Then he birdies five, and after that he stalled. In your yeah. opinion, Jamie, knowing his game as well as you do, what happened today over those closing 13, 12, 13 holes? Well, I mean, I've got something to own up to here, so I hope that nobody ha hates me more than they probably already do for this. But I was sitting in the TV combine. I watched Rory play the first five holes from our porter cabin. Saw that he was three under through five. I decided, right, I'm going to go out and walk the last 13 holes with Rory. Oh, the Jamie, moment Jamie, I arrived Jamie. in the scene, he played the last 13 holes in one over par. Look, I, I've never seen... Rory is somebody who wears his heart and fleet and shows his emotions. That's the most frustrated I've ever seen him on the golf course. He was chuntering away to himself. He was visibly frustrated. He was yapping at Harry. I mean, at one point he glared over towards the radio uh, commentator who was talking too loudly. He was not happy out there. And it was just pure frustration because, again, as we saw last year in the fourth round of St. Andrews, as we saw just a month ago in the final round, at LA Country Club, he was. It was almost an exhibition tee to green, and not one single putt was dropping. And he went straight from the 18th green, the practice green in front of the clubhouse, and was passing there. And the frustration was still pouring out of him. Look, I don't think Rory McIlroy is a bad putter. I think he's a streaky putter. But today, that putter went stone cold, and he knows that there was a 64 out there for him. Look, and that still would have put him a long way back to Brian Harmon, don't get me wrong. But I, it was just, it was quite uncomfortable to see how frustrated he was out there in the course today. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm right in saying he had 11 birdie opportunities and converted only four of them. But is it as simple as that? Is that the source of his frustration, the putter? Or, or is there something else in his game that is not giving him good enough birdie looks, if you know what I mean? 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, not, as I said earlier, by his own admission, he will tell you that last year in the final round at the old course, he was too conservative. He left himself too many, like, 20-foot pots. Now, those aren't, you aren't expecting to make those into bonus if you do. Today, there were more sort of from the inside 12-foot range and not a single one dropped. And I spoke to Wayne Riley with the radar after the round, and he followed Rory today, and he said, he left himself a lot of funny putts, like a lot of putts where obviously radar will go up to the green before Rory and Max had got there and kind of read those their putts. And radar said, in a lot of occasions, he got up there, he stood behind Rory's ball, he's like, oh, I don't actually know if it's good left or right. And perhaps that was the problem. They just left himself a lot of weird putts today. But, um, man, it's, you know, people will always say, you know, Rory McIlroy can't putt and question, you know, the mental side of the game with him. I think just it's not he's not realised that next year it's going to be 10 years since you won a major yeah um, this was another opportunity and one that slipped through his fingers uh, and that got to eat away especially when you come off as impressive a performance as last week was at Renaissance that's exactly right you, you, you said you took the words right out of my mouth there Jamie Alex it's going to be 10 years very very soon by the time he gets to the Masters I think it's 9 years 8 months and 2 days <laughs> since Rory last won a major championship now look there's a couple of things one majors are exceptionally hard to win golf tournaments are exceptionally hard to win even if you are Rory McIlroy or Tiger Woods or Jack Nicholas, it's a difficult thing to get the job done but you said something quite interesting on one of our pods earlier this week where you, you kind of said that you're losing a little bit of faith with Rory. And I think that maybe comes, I don't, I don't put words in your mouth, but I think that maybe comes from it's not going to get any easier the longer the drought goes on. That's exactly right. And it's, and it's not just about the fact that he's taking as much time as he is to, to get over the line again, if he, if he is going to get over the line again. It's the amount of sheer raw talent that's coming through the ranks on not only the PGA Tour but the the DP World Tour as well you know he isn't just uh, when he was winning the majors it felt like there was probably only a handful of guys he really had to beat and now there's just there's so many more and they're all 10 5 10 years younger than him they're perhaps uh, I, I sort of dare say it like are they hungrier than him I don't know like he's is is has Rory McIlroy got the hunger I said this the other night and I've said this probably a hundred times before. I feel like McIlroy has got one more in him and it is going to be a Masters and it's going to be when he's 42, 43 <laughs> and he just, no one's expecting him to win it by this point. So as soon as the pressure comes off of him at Augusta National, he will win it. And I've, I've said that for a long time and I'm sticking by it until he wins it or retires. I think the most bold claim there is that the pressure will ever come off Rory McIlroy at <laughs> Augusta until he actually does win it. But I, I know exactly what you mean. Look, the three of us are big Rory fans. It'd be great to see him turn the corner and... I just, by the look of things, where he is on the leaderboard just now, as I say, three under par, nine shots back. I don't think it's going to be this week. Jamie, I'm going to let you go now because I know you're a busy man. You've got some prep to do for tomorrow and no doubt uh, a couple of jars to sink as well. Good Irishman that you Definitely are. Definitely the latter. I'm not sure about the former. <laughs> but look, thank you for need your time. Always a need pleasure. to go and draw in my sorrows and forget the worst Open Championship that I've ever been to. Oh, there's the headline. Brian Harmon. <laughs> it writes itself. <laughs> Boys, I love you loads. I'll come and see you tomorrow. We'll have a coffee. Love it. Look forward to it. Cheers, pal. Cheers, Jamie. Take Cheers, care, mate. Bye. Bye-bye.
And as Jamie departs, Alex and I are going to head to the break. It's only a 30 second break, so it's not like we're going to be going anywhere. But there's more to chat about, loads more storylines that have developed, <laughs> despite the fact that Brian Harmon is gobbling up all of the headlines at this moment in time. So please do not go anywhere. All golfers can agree, hitting it far feels great. But does it feel great? A first in forging has created irons that have never felt better. Paradigm was precisely constructed with the first ever AI-designed forged 455 face cup and an all-new speed frame to enhance speed and feel, earning 15 out of 15 stars from the Golf Digest hot list. This is the new Paradigm in performance from Callaway. Welcome back, ladies and gents, a final open commute in association with Callaway presented, brought to you by Bunkard, Michael and Alex here. Alex, I'm feeling a little bit melancholy at the prospect of this being the final open commute for this year. There'll be more, there'll be other commutes, there'll be master's commutes. I've even heard a rumour there might even be a Ryder Cup commute. Wow. So I'm not sure what the Italian is for commute. Commuto, potentially, I would, I would gather with my very limited I was, I was... Uh, really hoping for an accent there. <laughs> Not getting one. <laughs> That's for You've September. Spent, you have spent all week doing an, a really poor English accent, sometimes on this pod. I don't and know what now you mean. You, and now, <laughs> it's, it's absolutely on point, Matt. I don't, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> on that note, let's move to somebody else whose accent I won't attempt to replicate. John Ram. 63 today, Alex. He's currently sitting solo third on the leaderboard. Six under par. He's six shots back. But... Given where he started the day, I, I think he'd be pretty pleased with where he ended it. You have to say for John Rahm that to to shoot 74 on the first day and then 70 on the second day to give himself the chance of playing in the best conditions on Saturday is a hell of a power play. But I think it's probably just a little bit too late. Jamie said it in the first half that, that Rahm, he, well, he probably needs to shoot another 63 tomorrow. Has anyone ever shot two 63s in a... I shouldn't have thought so. I'm going to look that one up. I've written the piece. <laughs> Can't remember. <laughs> 60, you mean the 63s in the same major championship? No one's, ever, no, no, one's ever, no, no one's ever shot two 63s in the same major. What I'm saying, has one player ever shot 63 twice? Mm, I think Tommy Fleetwood, maybe. Tommy he Fleetwood, had one at US Open at Shinnecock, didn't he? Because I was yeah. there. Was he Rings of vague bell. You'd think they'd be more prepared than this. Oh, like you could have, really what you could be. have done with 63s today, potentially, Tommy Fleetwood. John, <laughs> he's... I mean, he is... But, Ironically, he was, when I got off the bus and came in through the little uh, gate that we come through, the little media gate, right next to the second fairway, John Rahm was the player who was on the middle of the fairway and he absolutely stiffed it at the second. He was just a huge crowd following him because he was the big name out at the time. He's just phenomenal to watch, isn't he? He's just there's yeah. there's not when when John Rahm is in John Rahm mode on the Rahm page. Christ, oh, no, no, you sorry, didn't. Sorry. Oh, just turn it off. Now. I, I we'll used go. the expression Harmageddon earlier on. It's not that's, mine. That's it, even it worse. Belongs to Evan Priest from Golf Digest Australia, but Harmageddon and Rampage. If people aren't tuning out right now and switching over to listen to I don't know Taylor Swift or whatever people listen to these days then I don't know what else we can say that will turn them off well I, pr I pronounce it John Ram, so I, I say Rampage Ram which is, makes it even worse doesn't it <laughs> Christ Rampage no, but he but, was he was playing so so well yeah absolutely fantastic to watch there's it's I think 
Ram is the closest we've got to. This sounds so stupid, but it's he's the closest we've got to the next Rory McIlroy. If we're calling mm-hmm. Rory McIlroy the next Tiger Woods, like in terms of when he, uh, what I mean by that is when he's on fire. There's no one on the planet better to watch, and just scintillating stuff. And but too little, too late. That 74 in the first round has absolutely killed his chances. I hope this again doesn't sound disrespectful to Cameron Young, but do you think Brian Harmon will be relieved that Cameron Young got in ahead of John Ram, posted a better score, and so therefore he's in the final group, which on Sunday, by the way, they are teeing off at 2.15, Brian Harmon and Cameron Young in the final group, so about an hour and 15 minutes earlier than Saturday, just bear that in mind, adjust your Sunday plans accordingly, but John Ram in the penultimate group. I'll be honest, if I'm Brian Harmon, I'm delighted that I'm playing with a compatriot, somebody who I play with on the PGA Tour week in, week out, and I'm not facing John Ram. I couldn't agree more. Imagine if if John Ram came out and came out the tomorrow out of the blocks the way he came out of the blocks today. If I if you're Brian Harmon, someone who's I don't think he's led a major through fifty four holes. Don't believe he has, no. Uh even with the five shot lead, that would be a terrifying sight for anyone. And even someone who, as I said earlier, hits as many fairways and greens in regulations as Brian does. We're on first name terms now. We pretty much are, yeah. Brian. Brian. The, the first the major winner called Brian, I believe, as well. No, is he? I think I'm sure I saw that the other day. We were, talk, you know we were definitely not, talking about it. Brian isn't a name that you find an awful lot in golf, is it? I suppose Brian Barnes would be the only one that I could think of. I mean, if I was to list my favourite Brians, which I've done on Twitter, I would go Brian Loudrup, Rangers sure. and Danish yep. legend, the Prince of Denmark. Then I'm probably going to go Brian May, Queen guitarist, all-round legend. Brian Baumgartner, a.k.a. Kevin from the American office. Life of Brian. And also a tremendous golfer. Oh, is he really? Brian Bum- Bumgarner, Let's get him yeah. in the pod. We're both big office Tremendous, fans. tremendous golfer, yeah. Oh, we need to get a bit of that. He, probably, play, he played with, he did a, he, he does a podcast himself and he played mm. with Michelle Wee one time in, a, in a pro-am, yeah. Because I remember there wasn't a, we're going off on a mental tangent now, there was an episode of The Office where he's playing golf yeah. with Jim and Andy and... I uh, imagine and that was Brian. a hardship for him. I bet it was. Imagine when he got the script that week, he was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, I suppose. Oh, Pine Valley, oh, all right. <laughs> but yeah, I, I guess the point I'm making there is that Brian, not a name that you really associate with golf and golf champions no. particularly. So yeah, a nice little bit of niche knowledge there, Alex. The first Brian to, to win a major. There's somebody else I want to talk about, and I'm going to go right down the leaderboard to talk about him, and it's Fitzpatrick. Not Matt. Little brother Alex. I was going to ask. Who currently, Alex is the leader in the clubhouse for the prize that is, I suppose, only superseded by the Claret Jug, and that is the prize of Top Fitzpatrick or Low Fitzpatrick. (laughs) Alex making his major debut this week, and he was out today, shot an incredible round. He's currently sitting on four under, and he'll be out in the one, two, three, four, fifth last group with Shubankar Sharma and they're teeing off at 1.35pm. How impressed have you been by young Fitz? Well, I mean, I, I think he's done something like 356 in the world and plays on the Challenge Tour, qualified at... Somewhere. Some one of the qualifying events. Why don't we research for this thing? We just There's just so much nonsense, knowledge don't in we? there that it's hard to bring sometimes, all command. Sometimes some stuff stays out, like <laughs> where Alex Fitzpatrick qualified for the Open. Why would you know that anyway, unless you were literally there? Very impressive young man. And 
I mean, if you're in that, look, I've got three brothers. I know you've got brothers as well. If you're in that Fitzpatrick house tonight, because let's presume they're all staying in the same house together. Let's like, assume. Yep. They're a very close family, aren't they? His, mm. his mum and dad are always around. Their mum and dad, sorry, are always around. And if, if, you're at that, if you're around that dinner table tonight, what do you reckon the conversation is? Do you reckon Alex is giving Matt a bit of shit about it? Or? Oh, 100%. Because I, I think that Matt is a little bit more of an introverted personality mm-hmm. type yeah. than Alex. Yeah, Alex absolutely. is a bit more extroverted. He's, listen, you, you saw him when Matt was winning the US Open at Brookline last year. He was, he, of course, he was excited. His brother's about to become a major champion, but he just has that in him anyways. Bubbly, he's effervescent. He was more animated than Matt. 100%. And I think that's how they are generally so... If right now, as we record, what time is it, Alex? It is currently 25 to 9 on Saturday night. So they're probably having their dinner about now. And if Alex isn't getting Matt in the headlock and ruffling his hair <laughs> and giving him one of those knuckle jobs on top of the head, then something has gone awry. I prefer to think that Matt is currently just storming up the stairs, showing that he hates them all. <laughs> I'm going to my room. Russell and Sue Fitzpatrick, go to your bed, the pain of you. No supper. <laughs> But incredible to see two brothers playing so well. I mean, maybe not a huge surprise to anybody who's not called Matt Fitzpatrick he's playing well because he's only two shots behind his brother on two under par at the moment. Matt, who wrote off his own chances at the start of the week, saying, I wouldn't bet on me to play well, and lo and behold, he has. But incredible to see the pair of them playing so well. I know we're laughing about it, but do you think there is some element of sibling rivalry that is spurring them on and fueling them this week? I don't know. I, I, from what I've seen of the pair of them, Matt is Alex's biggest fan. He's always championing him on social media. Certainly, whether in private or not, they give each other a bit of stick. And you would, wouldn't you? I, you know, I, I would give my my brother's sticker if I get yeah. you shit and we're not even related exactly so. I mean if I'm if I'm on the golf course playing golf with my brother I want him to play really well but I'm also going to give him loads of stick when he's when he's hitting bad shots which is more often than not but no I, I, I like these two there's just something really uh, I like the whole family you say that you want to be adopted by them I think I do want yeah okay that's the headline I want to be a Fitzpatrick Russell Sue if you're listening and let's face it we, we, we know you are reach out Alex wants to hear from you. He's got his bags packed. Would I change my name though, or would Alex change his name? That's the question. Can you have? Otherwise, we're just both Alex Fitzpatrick. Well, but you could be Alex Perry Fitzpatrick, and he could be Alex Fitzpatrick Perry. (laughs) Why why is he taking my name? We're not getting married. (laughs) You make a very good point. Listen, we we need to wrap up because I'm sure that people don't want to consider the prospect of, of you and Alex Fitzpatrick getting married any longer how do we end up there need to that is again a tangent we didn't expect to get to i I think a little bit of delirium has set in because let's face it we've had to make our own excitement such as the lead that brian harman has built up so let's briefly alex to wrap up this show and this week let's look ahead to sunday if you were a script writer and this was a hollywood movie and not just the greatest championship on earth as you described it last week what is the script that you're going to write for the final round? Rory McCoy shoots 59, wins the Open, obviously. <laughs> I, I, Again, I said this at the top of the show, I feel really bad because you don't want to wish any golfer to fail. But I'm wishing Brian Harmon <laughs> to fail tomorrow or today as this goes out. It's, It's been a huge shame... And I mean that in a really nice way 
because it just hasn't... This is the first time I've covered an Open Championship in the 15 years or so I've been doing it and I've wanted to go home on Saturday night. Like, I'm genuinely... Like, I'm looking forward to going into Liverpool for a couple of beers with you tonight, but there's a part of me that goes, might just go and get on the M62 and go... (laughs) (laughs) Just watch this... Just watch a little bit on my sofa, in my pants, and then just get an early night. But you know what? I I can hear what people are maybe shouting right now in their cars or in their showers or wherever it is that you guys listen to this. I'm sure there are some of you who are saying... You wouldn't be saying this if it was Tiger Woods or Rory that was leading by five. The circumstances would arguably be the same. The air would have been sucked out of the championship as a competitive spectacle because somebody has that big of a lead. Are we just being cruel because, respectfully, it's Brian Harmon? Well, if Tiger Woods was here and winning by five, that would be one of the biggest stories ever in any sport. So, of course, we would be excited. Rory McIlroy's got the whole thing about, A, he's out one of ours, and B, he hasn't, as we said earlier, won a major since 14. He's been so close so many times. We're all so desperate for him to get over the line. Those storylines don't even compare to Brian Harmon. I mean, the big thing about Brian Harmon is he's going to become just the fifth left-hander to win a major. And only the third to win the Open. He's joining pretty a of his company there. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I have to agree. I mean, I'm asking the question. I do know the answer, but... This is a big, potentially the, the biggest day ever for anyone whose surname is Harmon. Spelt that way, obviously, because Claude and Butch probably have had bigger Sundays themselves. But yeah, listen, it's, it's, a, it's a huge occasion for him. And lest anyone be in any doubt, we wish him all the best. And, you know, you hope that someone who gets into that position actually does seal the deal. Because, my goodness, imagine throwing it away from here and having to to live with that, knowing that you've thrown it away from such a commanding position. So good luck to him. Good luck to the rest of the guys tomorrow. And can I just say congratulations to Christo Lamprecht, who was leading or co-leading the championship on Thursday. It's not gone his way since. He he tumbled very quickly down the leaderboard and disappeared from screens. You'd probably maybe forgotten that he even existed at this point. But he's the only amateur to have made the cut and is guaranteed the silver medal. So well done to him. That is what this going to be a very small looking silver medal draped around. <laughs> his grandfather was, uh, I think he said his, I saw the interview with him, his, his dad was 6'8", but his grandfather was like 7 foot tall. Jeez. Which is just... I, well, mean, I can't even begin to imagine well, he's, what that Sorry, like. he's 7 foot tall, he could still be alive, I don't know. Potentially, yeah. I can't even begin to imagine what that must be like, but yeah, congratulations to Crystal. You'd hit your head a lot, week. I think. Yeah, I suspect so. Anyway, that brings us to the end. Alex, thank you very thank much you. For, for all of your time and efforts and insights and knowledge and quizzes and everything else that you brought to the community. Oh, I week. think I brought more, I think it was more sort of clown-like presence to the podcast rather than knowledge and anything interesting. But you've th- met the thoroughly, perfectly. thoroughly enjoyed my week on the commutes. When are we doing the big wrap-up pod? Yeah, when so should we do that? Yeah, that's the other thing. The, the, the big wrap-up with Bryce. We'll probably do that on Thursday because it's been a very long week for you and me and Ben and our team, particularly Ben, who's been doing most of the grafting at the coalface, the digital coalface, that is bunker.co.uk. So I think we'll probably take... Monday off to recover, maybe Tuesday as well. I think so. Let's Seems just fair. let some dust settle as well. And is this how Bryce finds out that we're all disappearing correct. for two days? Yes, Brilliant. correct. So Bryce, if you're listening, I know you are. See you Wednesday. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think that makes sense. We'll, so we'll do our big open review, if you will, on Wednesday, and that'll be out Wednesday evening. But in the meantime, 
Thank you, Alex. Thank you to all our guests Thank we've you. had on this week. Thank you, Callaway, for, for supporting us. Thank you to the RNA for facilitating us as well in the media centre and putting up with our chuntering. Most of all, thank you to you for listening. Otherwise, if you weren't, it would just be me, Alex, and our guests talking rubbish to nobody. So we're very grateful that you've been tuning in in your thousands. Which we would week. do, by the way. We would, most certainly. And I think that's what we're going to do next in Liverpool, <laughs> in a bar with several pints. So on that note, thank you very much to you all for listening. We'll be back again later this week with the normal pod. The 151st Open is almost, you could argue, all but over. And it's been a fantastic week. Until next time, ladies and gents, bye-bye for now.